Welcome back. We're live? Coffee and Christ. What? Episode 35. Man. Maybe. And 36 maybe, I don't know. Mariah Carey may not want a lot for Christmas, but I know what we want, and that is JC himself, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. So, uh. don't take advice from Maria. Take it here, folks. Have Jesus in your life this holiday season. That's right. Amen. That's what you be on a Christmas card. That was Crazy. pretty good. That was good. It's pretty good little infomercial right there. Yeah, what's our last episode before Christmas? That's right. Dylan is going on vacation. I am leaving. So, but ever. the best place ever. Disney at Disney Christmas World. time. Oh my gosh. Disney at Christmas time. He's leaving Saturday. He'll be back the Christmas Eve. So. This will be sadly the last episode. This is it. Till Christmas. This is it. Forever? No. It's not. <laughs> Just for uh till Christmas at least. And then we'll we'll hop back back into it. Some say, Jackson, Dylan, why don't you just pre record an episode? How about no? Um We just like to you we like you to have us in our Pure form. Pure form. Yeah, I feel like we if we pre record it won't be as good because we'll have less time to prepare and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're deciding to give y'all a favor by yeah. not making this experience less enjoyable. Exactly. So uh, we just want you to experience us. Because I mean, I'm not gonna lie, we are a fun group of people to hang around. I, I agree. We really are. I Except agree. for when we're in the truck all day and it rains, and then we're both just kind of quiet. Yeah, because it was because it was raining. Sleepy. And then it, it was. I was tired. Yeah. We played Santa today. We did. It was fun. It was, it was fun. So we um, uh, it was, sorry. That was my fault. I like triggered that one. We um, we went around to some businesses in town and dropped off some loaves of pepper, pumpkin, mm. chocolate chip bread. Yeah, we spread Christmas cheer. It was, it was, it was very good. good. We did partake so in our own gifts. We um, we went to several places to give out some Christmas cheer. We did about fourteen or fifteen places. Yes, we did. Like so and then we have a few more to do tomorrow. True, but it was great. It was a blast. So, that's just, that's just, you know, what's going on. So, tell us, Jackson, about your week. What's funny, we kind of have the same week. Yeah. (laughs) Just because I've been working with Dylan a lot more recently, so most of my uh, work-related day is the exact same as Dylan. We're just working on a lot of tying in some, tying up, excuse me, some loose ends before... He's going off, and he'll be completely, well, not completely, but mostly hands-free for a whole week. You won't know what's happening, so, which is scary and good. I'm going to know what's going on. No, don't. I will. I'm going to lock you out. You can't. I'm just kidding. (laughs) But you don't need to, though. You'll be in Disney. There's no need to be, like, mid-roller coaster. Just be like, I wonder what Jackson's doing. You're showing, like, service Titan doing, like, loop-de-loops. No. So like that's it's not a good idea. It's not healthy. It's not really relaxing if you bring your computer. What's your... relaxing about Disney? Nothing. Everything. Because you're you just like I'm you relaxed. Scream all the time. You're just like ah. I know I'm relaxed though because I love it so much. I don't know. My dad at Disney is really funny. Yeah. Because he loves Goofy. Oh yeah. And every time he sees Goofy, he goes, "It's Goofy!" Or he just <laughs> yells at him. You're like, "We know." I love. I do the same with Mickey. Mickey's awesome. Yeah. Well, he. I, I think we all are. But I mean, I don't announce their presence every time Why I not? see him. I do hope they do their little like the the the. the don't tell me, the stormtroopers from Star Wars. I like to see them march. 
So I hope I I'm for Star Wars. Line, I yeah. love I love to watch them march down this like this the street. But we're gonna get to go to the the Mickey's Christmas. I'll talk about that in a minute. Okay, we'll go through that. Yeah, just kidding. Why? Well, that's pretty much me. I mean, you went to the parade. I did go to the parade. I didn't see the parade though, because mm-hmm. uh, it's just people, uh, women, children, all alike are just they just drive me insane sometimes. Very, I mean, I'm sitting there on the ground with Jonah in my lap, and you can't see anything because there is grandmas, there's mothers, and there's kids all trying to get candy being thrown. I'm like, y'all are grown. Like, they stand in front of you, too. I was like, Mom and Dad have been there since 620. Mm. Pride started at 7. We, Mom said we were the first people here. And yet, we saw nothing because people stood in front of us the whole time. That's, but you saw some corgis, though. Yes, we did see a I little... I this video of a little corgi posse. It was like a Facebook group. And the, there was like 10 to 15 corgis. They were adorable. They were way too expensive. But they were adorable. there was that many corgis in Cookville. I don't know, I but they them. are adorable. I was shopping one time, and it's been probably like a year ago, and I had like this fan moment over this corgi riding in a buggy. Yeah. Because like we were in the same aisle, and uh, she couldn't reach something, so I was like grabbing it for her. But then I looked in the cart, and I went, "Oh, cute dog." But then I like turned to leave, and then I was like, "Oh my gosh, that was a corgi!" And I turned back around, and I said, "Is that a corgi? <laughs> oh my goodness!" And then I just five minutes of me just scratching <laughs> the corgi. Yeah, they're adorable. They're adorable. It was amazing. Yeah, but I just love I love those dogs. I love them. Yeah, they're pretty good. So, what about you though? Um, I mean, it's been we went to a Christmas party the other night. That was fun. Oh, that's true. That's true. And work has been good. Um, Like I love I love passing out Christmas cheer, Christmas cheer, Um, and then. We're really excited right now. Is a lot of preparation going into our Baja Mexico trip. Yes, and so that is very fun. Yes, very fun. There's some news on that though. There is, and we'll share it maybe when we get back. Really? So, I mean, well, I mean, it's not when we we get when you get back from from vacation. Yeah. Okay. Good. But our trip might be moved up a few months, so you never you never know. And that 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 whooshing sound you all hear is my dishwasher. I'm sure they can't even notice it, but they will now because well, I hear it in my headphones. It's because you're listening for. Well, sorry. It. Anyway, like... I didn't mean to bring it up. And then we, you know, had a Christmas party, and then um, last night finished some Christmas shopping. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, we had our party Friday night. True. Our little friends, friendsmas, right? We had some spaghetti, spaghetti, and some bread. Friendsmas, right? Was I guess it'd be friendsmas, maybe. We're having it early this year because I, I am, I had to do, it's been really stressful and I'm, I'm so excited to go to Disney. Like having to, I'm a last minute Christmas shopper for some people. It's like your dad. Like my sister, my brother-in-law, like I can do those last minute. And now we're leaving in two and a half days and I don't have the first gift even wrapped. Like hmm. I'm not done shopping. I still have to get my brother-in-law something, so. That's right. You can still order things online from Disney. I could, but I haven't. I'm gonna go. I can't say he listens. I can't say where I'm going, but his gift I can get here. Oh well, that's good. But but anyway, that's it. It's just Perfect. great. It's a great. It's a great time right now. I mean, you're going to Disney in two days. I'd be ecstatic. Oh, right I'm now. ecstatic. I'm ecstatic. I really am. So happy. 
I have a lot of laundry to do between now and Disney, but it's, it's I'm so excited. I get very stressed out. Like for some reason, like trips, I'm not excited until my bags are packed and they're sitting by the door, and like I'm in bed the last night. Then I'm excited because then I'm like, <laughs> you know? but like right now I'm stressed because yeah. I'm like I have so much to do before we leave. Like it's crazy. I'll fly by. So it'll fly by. But I am excited. I really am. So. My nieces in Disney, Witten. They're going to love it. We're very excited. They're, they have no idea what they're getting it, themselves into. So, no that's, idea. That's um, been my week in a nutshell. Just a good time. Perfect. It's been a good time. Perfect. You know, the weather outside frightful. is frightful. <laughs> um, the fire, we don't have one, so it's not very delightful. It's cold in here, in fact. And since there's nothing to do in Cookville, let it rain, let it rain. <laughs> Let it rain. I just think about that in my head. Like, that was like, I did not think about that until right now. Because it just rained like 14.78 inches. So it's felt like. Like, it rained and rained. But we might get some snow. We might get snow on Christmas. I know. I've never I've never had that happen to me. Oh, it hasn't crossed before. Okay, well, it's Christmas. Christmas. Uh, that's but we always get more snow. Yeah, because you're more on the pot, too. Mm-hmm. Well, we had a white Christmas there. And it was like... All the feels. Yeah. You get all the feels because you like can go up next to the window with some hot coffee, and I just like sip it and just peer outside. Peer like, outside, not actually Christmas. go play. It's Christmas. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool if it happened here. I've never had it happen to me. Seven inches they're predicting. Wow. Now is that going to happen? No. Probably not. But we might get a little snow. Like I said, meteorologist is the greatest job ever to have. You could be completely wrong, and you still have a job tomorrow. That's crazy. I know. Anywho, anywho. Sorry about the riffraff. Yeah, riffraff. And the, me and Jackson, we have this, it's, like, there's never not something to talk about. Yeah. Like, like, we call on the phone to talk about something, like, quick. And then we're on the phone for 45 minutes. Yeah. Talking about something else happens. And we're like, like oh. Something else. And so that's what happens here sometimes. Like, we're like, well, we just keep going on and on and on. And we just need to be like pump the brakes now we're going maybe on maybe these people may not want to hear about all this true so now we're going on into matthew chapter 21 we're we're moving through matthew at a pretty good pace i think so we got caught up a lot with the with the sermon on the mount i feel like we did but it's that's okay. rightfully so you don't need to skip over that stuff okay. you gotta so but now it's like two episodes a chapter mm-hmm. so i think that's pretty good i okay. I, I approve i give my stamp of approval. i'm glad you do yeah <laughs> i'm, I'm but, glad you do we're in Matthew chapter 21. We're entering, uh, well, this is the start of the final section of Matthew. Uh, this is this whole five to six chapters more all happens in seven days, which is crazy. I mean, I mean, we've had the rest of these chapters go over three years of ministry, and now right here at the end, it's Matthew it's spends so much time on these, so they got to be important. This is Jesus' last time entering Jerusalem. And uh, you want to start? You start? I got you. Gotcha. So now when they came near to Jerusalem and came to Bethpage to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village in front of you and immediately you will find the donkey tied in a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say the Lord needs them and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus directed them, and they brought 
Sorry, I lost my train of thought. They brought the donkey and the colt and put them on their cloaks and put their cloaks and put on them their cloaks and he sat on them. <laughs> and most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the ground and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds went before him um, and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, who is this? And the crowd said, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. Okay. Well, Jesus here, he enters Jerusalem on the east side. And over on the east side, there's a lot of mountain ranges and valleys. And on top of two of those ranges stood two small villages called Bethany and Bethpage. Bethpage was directly east of Jerusalem on top of uh, the Mount Olives. And Jesus, I love it, he gives explicit instructions on where to find this donkey and her colt and bring both the mother and the foal to him. And this is actually one of the only times in uh, the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus is referred to, well, refers to himself as God or I like using Yahweh. I think that's yeah, the coolest Yahweh. thing ever. Like when I hear people say, refer to Jesus as, you know, as Lord or Yahweh, that's just the coolest thing. I feel proper. So Yahweh, let's just say it. Why not? Let's just get in on it. Anywho, but I like in Mark's gospel when when they get the donkey, the cr- the crowd questions them, and, and that's when they say the Lord needs it. But this wasn't like a strange thing it, to them. You know, we have rent a car or like what is it called? What is the express, the rental car rental Enterprise? service? Enterprise. Enterprise. Yeah. I think express. Enterprise. It's basically the same thing. Like us renting a car to go on vacation or something like that. It was very common to rent a mule or rent a, rent a colt or something like that to, to service for travels and in that day and riding a donkey also wasn't a very was a very appropriate way for a dignitary to enter a city uh you may remember in first kings where solomon entered the city on a donkey for his coronation but i like how this really simple just focusing on like the first five verses here how simple but obvious display of god's sovereignty like, think of all the things that had to happen exactly the way it was supposed to, because right after he says all this, he then quotes Zechariah, where he's fulfilling all the prophecies, and so it makes more sense to the Jewish people, and so they know, hey, this is, this is our Messiah. But, like, all the things that just had to happen for this to happen, like the, the horse, ha- or, excuse me, the donkey had to be born at the right time, and hers before that, and... The person who owned the donkey had to tie it up here at the exact right time. It's just crazy to see what God has control of everything. And it may it kinda it gives us, you know, yes, we have free will, but everything happens according to his will, according to the purpose he has. You know, we may decide to to, you know, do whatever we want to do, but behind the scenes, the Lord is definitely moving our hearts and heads to achieve these specific outcomes. And stuff like that. And, and I'm not saying, you know, that he makes us sin or anything like that. But it's the same for that. Even when we sin, God still works the outcome of that sin into his plan. And he, he takes what he gets and he makes it work. There's a song lyric that says, He cannot control the end if he cannot control the means of the end. So if God is making all of these, you know, promises about, you know, where we're going... He has to be in control the entire time, or he can't promise that. And so that should give us, 
you know, as Christians, a lot of comfort that, like, if you put your faith in a God who's controlling everything, then we can go through life, like, you know, like, work, like, free of worry or, you know, any other word you want to kind of tie on to that. You jump in, whatever. Well, that's what I was, you, you talk about going through life, you know, worry-free and, and all these things, and this morning, the, the guy that, that runs our, that runs Darty's Cleaners, which is a dry cleaning service in Cookville, and he is, he's such a good guy. I mean, he really is, and he's an older man, and at my, at my stage in his life, I would be retired. Yes. Um, but he's put in the hours. Oh, yeah. But um, he, he's not retired, obviously, and um, so this morning, let me fix my this morning, he um, he I brought him a gift bag from Action, you know, and he he we were we, we always talk, end up talking about Jesus always because that's just he's a really good guy. I don't know where he goes to church, don't know any of that, but I know we talk about Jesus all the time. And so I told him, I said, you know, I hope you have a really good Christmas, and and you know, this is from Action. And he said, I want to tell you something, and. What he told me isn't important, you know, it's a long story and I won't go into it, but that conversation brought us back to, you know, the two things that he wishes for is for, we had a deep conversation, but the two, thing, there a while. the two things that he wishes for is to outlive his wife and to outlive his kids. That's what we were talking about. Hmm. And uh, he said, you know, I don't, I don't want to go before my, my wife. Or I do, I want to go before her because I don't think I could function without her. He said, so I really, I want to go. And he said, she'll be fine. You know, she goes, I, he goes, I just get in the way sometimes. And she'll be fine. That's what he said. It made me <laughs> laugh. And that's how all men feel sometimes. Like, we just get in the yeah, way. We just get in the way. But um, he said, she'll be fine. But now without her, he goes, I, I couldn't couldn't do it. Right. And um, but then he said, and, and obviously, you know, I, no parent wants to, to bury their, their kids. Right, yeah. And he's like, and I really don't ever want to have to do that. He said, I've got, you know, I had three brothers and two sisters, and now there's only three of us left. And he said, you know, it's just, that's my wish. And I said, well, I said, you know, that's all well and good. I said, but I know one thing. I said, I'm really excited to see Jesus. I said, I'm really excited to see Jesus. Yeah. He said, me too. And, you know, that's what you're talking about, going through life worry-free. We can. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I think I mentioned this last week, that quote that I saw that I just keep thinking about was, God may not remove you from a fiery situation in your life, but he can make you fireproof and leave you in there. Yeah. And that's what we have to understand is we don't have to worry about this stuff. And I'm, I'm the worst to worry you know, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say I'm not. But, I mean, there's some things that I'm like, why? Why am I worried about this? There's no there's no sense in worrying about that. And so you're exactly right. Going through life the way we should. Knowing that when this life is over, if I've done what I'm supposed to do, I can be with Jesus. Like, there's nothing holding me back. Yeah. And so it's all about relying and, and putting your faith in, in Him because He's in control of, of everything. And in, in our, more of our civilized world that we've we're in we are more we are less dependent on god and more dependent on paychecks it seems Mm -hmm. and if that is what you're putting your faith in then go back and read the book of job uh you see how fast our possessions can leave us or can be taken away and but if we live with an out 
with this outlook that all of our possessions, I guess we'll keep on that, is temporary like a book checkout from a library that we have to return at some point, then we learn we spend way too much uh, way too much time, excuse me, worrying about maintaining our possessions and gaining them and who can have the most toys. And we recognize how little you need and how much of God we need. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you, God gave you something, God can take it away and you still aren't dependent on God. But if you want to feel dependent on God, lose your job. Find, when we lose a job, we feel insecure and, and no, you know, no paycheck for a while really reminds us how dependent on God we really need to. I think of a great example like Baja last year. We were what seven or eight thousand dollars short. Mm-hmm. It was a lot. It was a good amount of money short because of price jumps and stuff like that. Like very soon we were about to leave, and all of a sudden, like that day or day, like days afterwards, we got a donation that fit the exact need. Mm-hmm. That's God. Like that's Him working, and the Lord provides according to what what you need and and not what we want. And, I mean, you take Jesus and the disciples. They lived three years in their ministry with no job, no means of income, no place to rest, no no food really consistently. But the Lord did his job and provided every time. I mean, he, got, he caught a fish and there was a coin in his mouth. I mean, as that doesn't scream, God's got you then. I don't know what does. Well, I think it's cool too, you know, and what what you said is exactly right, you know, our life is is like a borrowed book from the library. Mm-hmm. You know, whenever I was in college and I rented a book, well, whenever class was over, I before I could go home on break, I had to go and turn the book back in because it's not mine. I'm just borrowing it. Yeah. And if I damage it, there's repercussions for it. Yeah. But think about, you know, I can relate to this because, you know, I just bought a house. This house isn't mine. I bought it with my money. It's not mine. I'm just this is this is temporary yeah. because I don't. I'm not going to put that much faith into the world. You know, my vehicle. It's not mine. I'm just driving it. You know, your car. It's not yours. You're yeah. just driving it. You know, that's the thing. God blesses us with all these things. He can take them away too. Right. You know, He brings up Job. He brings up you know our conversation. Unfortunately, there are parents that bury their kids. Unfortunately. You do lose loved ones. I mean, God gives and God takes away. Mm-hmm. And if we have him in our life, we're good mm-hmm. because we have his blessings. Yep. And it may not come in the form that we want them to, but we've got them. Right. So, what? are we ready to move on? Or we well, I was just going to tackle, that was only like the first five verses. Oh, no, I was moving yeah. on to verse six. Okay, perfect. But, uh, go ahead then. Take no, you're good. Okay. Uh, so, going back into verses six through 11... Uh, as he's entering the city, they lay down their cloaks, and that's that was very customary. Again, it was like putting your garment or cloak on the ground uh, was when a king arrived. And there in 8, it says that they used tree branches. Now in Mark's account, or maybe it's John's, I don't want to misquote, it says specifically palm branches, and that's where we get you know, the, palm, the traditional Palm Sunday uh, holiday. But... In Jewish culture, palm trees were very important. It was like a symbol of national liberation. So they were celebrating and filled with joy to greet their liberator. And like the Jewish coins even had a palm branch on the back of them, much like how we have an eagle on the back of our quarter. It was just a national symbol and 
they're just excited because they, because he's here. Well, think about this. One thing that I thought was cool, and this is actually what my Devo is over at church tonight. Oh. Not because we're looking at it right now. I was looking at it the other night. But the definition, in the English Standard Version, translates the end of verse 9. Um, and I'll read all of verse 9. But it says, And the crowds that were before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest Okay, and so you look up the definition to Hosanna, okay? And this, this word is used to express adoration, praise, or joy. You know, think about, you know, if you even dive deeper and say, well, what does, what does the word adoration mean? It means a deep love and respect. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not just excited. They adore him. Yeah. You know, and that's what they're using to express it. This Hosanna to the King. Hosanna, you know, to... Or Hosanna to the Son of David. Hosanna in the highest. The highest regard. I adore you. And and that's what you you think about, you know, our relationships with God. Are we skimming the surface and acknowledging God? And just kind of, hey, he's God. That's great. That's all well and good. Or do we have adoration for him are we obsessed with him are we do we adore him do we have this deepest love and respect for him and that's what they're they're showing by you know the customary of the laying down of the leaves the laying down of the cloaks but they're shouting mm-hmm. you know i adore you hosanna to you because that's how that's how much i loved him yeah i agree so then if you keep going and verse 7, when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, Who is this? And the crowd answers. The crowd says, This is the prophet Jesus um, from Nazareth of Galilee. So it's not just the disciples saying, Jesus. The crowd is... And I, I don't even know what this would look like. I really don't know. Like, you know you have... That was your water bottle that scared me. You know, like, whenever you're at England Stadium and everyone shouts V-O-L-S. Yeah. The crowd is saying that. That's what I envision like. We're not spelling out. <laughs> J-E-S-U-S. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. This is not what we're doing. But I mean, they're just, they're, it's just Jesus. I mean, you know who this is? Come on. Right. And the crowd is shouting that. So this this kind of sets the scene um, for this triumphal entry into Jer- Jer- Jerusalem. And as Jackson said, this is the last time he's going to enter into, enter into Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Okay? And I guess the one thing we can really relate this to, um, and I've been fortunate enough to see it, but if you've ever got to witness the presidential motor cage, like, it doesn't matter. I think, he, I think Trump came to Cookville, I think it was like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. It was like middle of the week. You know, and I don't know about y'all, but I have a job, and like middle of the week, I don't have time to just go sit on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. You know, I got I have things to do, but like they they if the presidential motorcade is coming, like we're we're gonna be there to watch it. Yeah, and you know I wasn't there to see it. I got to see it on TV um, because we had other things going on. But that's something you make time for. Yeah, because 
That doesn't happen. This is the presidential motorcade. No. And like right now, there's people making time because they're like, this is Jesus. Like, I'm going to, and it doesn't say the day that he came in. Okay, but I mean, obviously, they have things that they have to do, but they're stopping their day and they're like, this is, Jesus is here. Yeah. You know, we're going to go watch, get the kids, you know, come on, we're going to go watch this. Because they had adoration for him. They adored him. And so, keeping going in verse 12, it says, And Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who sold and brought in um, the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. I'll stop right there for a second. That's a good point. Well, you see, and uh, you'll have more to say but you know besides me but you see this triumphal in, triumphal entry the crowds like shouting his name and and all these things and then you instantly return to the temple and Jesus sees what's going on and he's angry you know and he overturns these tables and that's what I'm he's all the characteristics of he's not just upset he's not just bothered he's mad and so he goes into the temple and he drove out those who sold and bought things in the temple. I said brought when I read it, but bought things in the temple, flipped their tables over, the money changers and the tax collectors and those who sold pigeons. And he's like, you guys are misunderstanding what we're, what this is for. Mm-hmm. You know, and he even goes as far as saying, this is a house of prayer, but you make it a den of robbers. Yeah. And so we see a little bit of, of this wrathful God mm-hmm. now, where it's like, well, you guys have completely misunderstood what this is about. Yeah. And guys, I'm just going to say it. We see his anger here and it's on a small scale. Mm-hmm. Guys, the world has has gone so much further than Jesus intended it to. And he has a plan. He has a he knew this was going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, the way we we see it happen when he has this beautiful garden and all these things, and he's made the, the world is without sin, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then man enters and messes it up. So, guys, you, you we know the law, we know what we're supposed to do, and I won't bring up specific groups, or I could talk all day. But think about your life. Think about our world. You know, and we're called to be a different people. But what if we're not? What mm-hmm. if we're not being the people we're called to be? Think about the anger of God. That we're seeing a small, like, window here. Yeah. That should, at least, I'm afraid of God. Yeah. I respect him. I love him. It's reverence. But I respect him enough that I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, I know what you can <laughs> do. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. I know what you can do. Yeah. You know, so. Well, right now is is the Passover week that's mm-hmm. happening in Jerusalem. And that's where... 3 million male Jews, and that's not, you know, they're often accompanied by their entire family, would just descend upon Jerusalem and they would, you know, give to their means. They, they would, um, they would just go to the, to the temple and that's where, and the temple kind of was, it, it's almost like going into a foreign country because I, I, it's, you had to exchange it for because for Je- for Jews living under Roman occupation, the temple was a bit like visiting a royal um, a foreign country because you had to 
exchange your money almost because under Roman rule, it, the only coins that could be used uh, to buy or sell in Judea were Roman coins, and but the temple authorities considered Roman coins to be idols. So since they bore Caesar's image on them, so it, what was going on at the time was they had to exchange money, and then at the same time, they were purchasing. Um, they were purchasing lambs for sac- for sacrifices, you know, the blemished ones. And so people here the, that were exchanging the money, the tax collectors and all the people who were dealing with it were almost taking advantage of the Jews. They were, you know, in quote-unquote say, oh, yeah, this is a perfect, you know, spotless lamb kind of deal. And so they were certified spotless, I think is how it's said. But the whole point is they were... They turned, as Jesus said, the house of prayer into a den of thieves or a den of robbers because they were taking advantage and making the temple all about all about money and the nothing else but how to make more money. And they were scamming people, and that that was just the entire entire scene Jesus walked upon. He and, and he was just, I mean, like you said, he was he was angry. He has this righteous anger. For those who were greedy and taking advantage of people who will have honest intentions of giving back to the church. And so, plain and simple right there. We need to have a fearful respect of God. Yeah. You know, because He is our Father. He is an authoritative figure. You know, there are things that I'm not going to say to my dad because I'm going to set him off and then I'm afraid. Yeah. You know, and so that's the way, I'm not saying our Christian life should be driven by fear. You know, because that's the opposite. But, I mean, we should have a little bit of this respectful fear, this reverent fear of God. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, God's wrath is real. Read the Old Testament. Yeah. God's wrath is real. Okay, but we keep reading here in verse 14. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. And they said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read, Out of the mouth of infants and nursing babes you have prepared praise? And leaving them, he went out to the city to Bethany and lodged there. And so this the first day Jesus entered into Jerusalem was Sunday, the, the tenth of Nisan, and as he entered, you know, we see the him getting angry, flipping tables, and obviously this is not setting right with who who do you guess? The Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the religious authorities of, of Jerusalem, they were not, they were not happy about it, and in fact, it kind of led to them making accusations against Jesus. But Jesus returns to Bethany every night, and he does so because he has a place to sleep, uh, because there were so many people in Jerusalem that Jerusalem was not big enough to house that they weren't big enough to house that many people into a company that many people, and. Excuse me. Sorry. How far did you read? I'm sorry. I read to 17. 17? Well, that's all I have, actually, of, of 17. Now, you want me to read? Well, think about it, and this is, I like this, um, and then we can we can move on um, through probably 22, um, but we see, his, we see his wrath, and then immediately, you know, in verse 14, we have the blind and the lame coming to him in the temple. And he healed them. But again, like Jackson says, there's always people that, that want to point to him and, and make false accusations and, and do all these things. 
And uh, but what I love is the children crying out in the temple, not speaking, not whispering. They're crying out. Is the way the translator has described this: "Hosanna to the Son of David." And you know, and the chief priests, they're like, "Do you hear what they're saying? You know, do you hear? You know, what 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 does this mean?" And he said, or Jesus said to them, "Yeah, I've heard him." Have you never read, blah, 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 you know, uh, out of the mouths of infants and nursing babes, you have prepared praise? And, you know, you think about how Jesus, the relationship that Jesus has with children. You know, all through his ministry talking about, you know, let the little children come to me, let, you know, all these things. If you can't enter into the kingdom of heaven as a child, all these things that Jesus has said about children, you know, is... It's telling us we need to we need to give him our full praise, mm-hmm. and what I mean by I don't even like the word full. I don't know how you would describe it really, um, but think about a child. Like you know, I think about my niece. When me and my niece are having a conversation, typically she looks at me, and I, I get her full attention. If we're talking about something she likes. Yeah. You know, like right now, if we're talking about Disney, full attention. Her eyes are as wide as they can, and she's looking right into you, and you're talking. Yeah. And it's because she's so in tune, because she doesn't have the distraction. She doesn't know, you know, if this over here is going on, or, or if this is... She doesn't, she doesn't register that. She registers her and me having a dialectical conversation. We're talking to each other. And she's only focused on my dialogue. And that's the type of praise that Christ wants from us. That's what he's saying by about this prepared praise. He wants our full, upright, dialectical praise as if he's right in front of us all the time. You know, it's easy to, to praise somebody right in front of their face. It's easy to, to for me to, to talk highly of Jackson because I'm around him all the time. You know, I see him a lot. It's easy. Mm. You know, it's easy if somebody was sitting here at this table with us to talk about how good you are because you're right here. But we don't do that. We don't give him our full dialectical praise because we're, we have too many distractions that we're also focused on. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I tried, not the best at it. You know, in, in a time of worship at church, I don't like to... To be distracted, you know, I'm not going to be on Instagram scrolling through. I'm not going to be on Facebook. I'm not going to, I want to fully, especially when we're singing, I want to give him all I've got. Yeah. Because he gave us all he had. Yeah. And all he's telling us to do is praise him. And we don't. We don't do it the way he wants to. Because, you know, I'm telling you, if you're in, and this is, I'm just talking about a worship setting. But how about all the time? You know, you can praise God and not be in worship. And he just wants that full, undivided attention the same way you have with a child. Now, you know, I'm talking about like a three and four-year-old. You know, there's obviously little kids, they're going to be all over the place. And witness too. I mean, if you're talking about something that she likes and it piques her interest, she'll, she'll stare at you and you can have a conversation. Right. An uninterrupted conversation and Jesus is saying 
I don't want to have an uninter. I, I said I don't. Or he's saying I don't want to have an interrupted relationship with you, and that's what we give him all the time. We give him our leftovers. We give him the time we have left. We we give him our interrupted life and say, "Here you go. That's all I got left." Yeah. No, that, that's not the way he wants it. You know, it should be. I want to give you my undivided attention, my undivided praise. My un- I'm going to give you my life. And everything else comes second to that. You know, all the distractions, they come second to that because I want to give you this undivided prayer. That's why Jesus continues to talk about children, the innocence of children, the the attention of children. Enter into heaven with an uninterrupted relationship with God. And we let our lives get in the way of, of experiencing that, of understanding what does that look like? You know, guys, we can't avoid the distraction. We can't avoid, you know, being interrupted because we're human beings. Mm-hmm. You know, life's going to interrupt it. But I think about I think about it as a Trump game or a Rook game. I don't know how many of you guys play Rook. I love that game. I love it. And I thought about this over the weekend because I was playing it and my mom was my partner. Uh, that's all I'm going to leave it at that okay (laughs) but we're playing Rook and if you've played before you know if I have a trump card or let's say I have the Rook card and I lay down three ones which are the highest cards next to a Rook but if I have a Rook and play it there's nothing else that can over trump that and so we think about our life that's full of distractions and all these things are in this deck of cards or everything, this hand that we're playing. If you're playing with four people, which is typically how it works, you got three cards here and you're the last one to play. And all three cards are high. Okay, they're worth a lot of points and you want them. And you lay down that trump card, they're yours. Yeah. And think about your life that's full of distraction. Jesus is our trump card. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the rook. And we can say, no, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this down. And Jesus is going to take care of it. That is what an uninterrupted relationship with Christ looks like. We can't avoid the eruptions, interruptions. But what we can do is say, no, my God's bigger than that. I'm going to take that. I'm going to, yeah. Our God's bigger than anything. And we can play that card and say, no, God's got me. I'm good. Don't worry about that. Absolutely. You know, and that's, that's what God wants. And that's what he keeps bringing up these kids. You know, this undivided, this prepared praise Kids are the best at it because they don't experience that. But when we do, because we can't stay kids forever, I wish we could. We can't. we got to be adults at, um, at some point. But Jesus is saying, no matter how old you are, don't forget that you serve a God that's greater than that. That you serve a God that's higher than anything. So, um... Do you want to go on to 22 or we want to stop there? I think we can go on. Oh, let's go on. Well, how are we doing on time? Yeah. So in verse 18, in the morning as he returned to the city, he became hungry and seeing a fig tree um, by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, may no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled saying, how did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered to them and said, truly I say to you, if you have faith... And do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, 
But even if you say to the mountains, be taken up and thrown into the sea, it will happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. I just want to focus on 18 through 19 real quick. In this situation, the tree is a picture of Israel's lack of spiritual fruit at the expected time of Jesus' arrival. Uh, You see, during this time, fig trees produce leaves, and they also produce these little small buds that would ripen into figs, but they were just called prefigs. I think the Hebrew word is pegim. I don't really, I don't, I don't speak Hebrew, but, uh, but so with the leaves on the tree and no prefigs, the tree was advertising something it did not actually possess. And that's why Jesus withered it. And when we compare this to Israel, that week was the expected time for Israel for, to bear fruit uh, the time God appointed it for the Messiah's r- arrival. See, the prophet Daniel told Israel exactly what year their Messiah would come to them. And days earlier, we talked about they were shouting and crying. and you know They were so happy that Jesus was arriving. And, but you know Israel was acting as it wanted to know Jesus. They were keeping the law. They, they were observing the Passover and other feasts. They were preaching and anticipating the Messiah. But like the leaves on the fig tree, Israel appeared to be ready to be ready to produce spiritual fruit, but they weren't. And we can uh, I, this is a very Jewish standpoint, but you can compare that to us easily today. You know, we go to church, we we might pray every now and then, we might you know read or open our Bible every now and then when it falls off the table, and but we might appear like we're ready to to produce the spiritual fruit. But we don't. We don't, like like Dylan was saying, we don't lay the trump card and allow our lives to stay uninterrupted and have it just Jesus. And that's exactly what Israel was doing right now. They were wanting to, or I guess wanting, or trying to, or appearing they were wanting to be there for Jesus and produce a spiritual fruit. But yet, they just had the leaves and no fruit. And then when we get into the last part, you jump in whenever, um... No, we can't move literal mountains. We can't make fig trees die. Uh, but however, Jesus is saying that your faith in what God is prepared to do will allow you to declare it, and it will advance his work. Then you can say mountains to move, and they will, because God intends it to. See, this is how we produce spiritual fruit. Uh, we have to abide in Jesus. we we got to listen to him we got to read his word. We have to know what he's saying, and we have to respond to when he pushes us in a direction. And as we do that, we can take part in the miracles that he does. We can be a part of those. And then, too, we can produce spiritual fruit. Well, think about, too, you know, you can, and I'm relating this back to the game of Rook because that's what's in my head now. But, you know, you have, a, you have your cards in your hand, and when you're dealt these cards, you have ten. And in order to win a bid, okay, if you're going to bid on what's in the middle, and again, I can't, this may not make sense to any of you, because I don't have time to explain the rules of Rook to you. This is a long story. But it took me years to figure out how to play it. But if, if I've got this and I want to bid, and in order for me to, to not be in the negative, then I have to achieve a certain amount of points of this round of this hand in order to not go backwards. Mm-hmm. I want the, the first person to 500 wins 
but you can go. I've been as bad as negative four hundred at one time. I mean, you can go backwards, but I can hold a deck of cards in my hand, and I can bid and get it. Great. But if I don't have the cards in my hand to back up my mouth, we're in trouble. Yeah. And that's that's what Jackson is talking about here as Christians that that Israel is saying, "Oh man, God, you're I respect you. I have you in my heart." You know, all these things, but they don't. They're struggling with it. And he's saying, "Don't don't don't make false promises about who you are. Don't hide who you are." You know, you have to, to be true with what you are, who you are, and who you believe, and what you believe in. You can't tell somebody, I'm the best Christian in the world. You can tell them, but if you're not, you don't have the cards in your hand to back up what you just said. You know, and that's what, that's, do you agree? That's kind of yeah. what we're saying here is, is you've got to have the cards in your hand to say, I want this bid, and I want this bid in this hand because I know I can make money off of it. I know I can make get the points. And you have in your hand to back up what you just said. And you think about your Christian hand of cards that's in your that's in here, it's true. You can't there's no way that I can take a Sharpie out and change a ten to a one. Because when I play that card down, everyone's gonna be like, What what hang on a minute, that's not right. Yeah. You know, you're gonna be caught. Guys, all of us are, are people who are living <laughs> Lord have mercy, praise him. <laughs> but but um, all of us that that struggle with living a false life don't, because when it's time for Jesus to judge us, and, and I don't judge anybody, neither does Jackson. But when it's time for Jesus to judge your life, you, you can't fake it anymore. No, he knows. You can't you you can't say I produce figs and then you don't, mm-hmm. because you're gonna get busted. But what the most amazing thing in the world is, you know, if you're experiencing that, it's December the 14th, 2022, and it's 5.06 p.m., and guess what? Jesus has not come back yet. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, you can fix this right now. Right. We have the power to fix our lives. And we have an oppor- at 5.07, you're going to have an opportunity. At 5.08, you're going to have an opportunity. At 5.09, at 5.10... You have an opportunity to say, I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm not going to be like this anymore. And I want the cards to back up what's coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Do it. Because Jesus is begging you to do it. And he's saying, you can live, you, you can be a good Christian. And let me tell you, I was talking to somebody this week. And I said, man, sometimes I'm just not a good guy. And I, I'm okay to say that. I, I'm the type of person that... If I mess up, I'll tell you, I'm not perfect. And sometimes I struggle. But the reality of it is that what makes me continue to remain faithful to God, and I can honestly say, and I I mean this, I have this peace in my heart that if God were to come back at 507, I I think I would be okay. I think I'd make it. Yeah. And that's not arrogance, because I'm not a good guy sometimes. I mess up sometimes. I say things that I shouldn't say. I get infuriated behind the wheel of a truck. But God knows that about me. I'm not trying to hide it. Yeah. And when it happens, I feel bad. Mm. And I say, God, that wasn't the way I was supposed to handle it. Guys, you're not going to be perfect. 
nobody is a good guy all the time. Yeah. I, w- I wish I was. I-, I wish I was better. I wish I there's things in the past that I wish I could change. There's things that I did today that I wish I could change. But I can't. Yeah. But what I can do is say, God, you know what happened today. Help me fix it. And at that point, you've invited the Savior, the person who can change you, you've invited him into your life, and he knows what's going on. He looks at your cards and says, yep, you did. You messed up. Because God's not going to just pat you on the back despite what some people are teaching. He's not just going to glaze it over and move on. Fix it. Because he wants you to be in, he wants to be invited into your life. He knows we're going to mess up. But about all he wants is for him to be involved in it. Mm-hmm. It's not about the mistakes you make. It's about how you handle it once the mistake's been made. Yeah. Okay? Anything in life can be fixed with one word. Honesty. Okay? Anything can be fixed. Any mistake that you make. If I wrong Jackson, but I look at him and say, yeah, I, I did that. And I, I messed up. Then Jackson should be able to say, you did. And acknowledge it. That's fine. But it's okay. I mess up too. Yeah. And that goes the same way with God. Be honest and say, I messed up. Yeah. I'm sorry. Help me fix it. And then he says, that's okay. No big deal. Work on it. Be better. And we're good. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the, the most amazing thing. That Yeah, Israel's they're, they're messing up big time. But they could fix it. And we have time to fix it too. So think about your Christian cards that you have in your life. Think about what you have in your hand. And is it matching what's coming out of your mouth? Are you different? Are you changed? Because if you're not, just look at God and say, I want to be. Yeah. And then follow through with it. Because nothing gets done unless you follow through. So have a great Christmas. Yep. You know, we won't be back until afterwards. Post-Christmas. You know what? The episode that we record two Wednesdays from now, I'll be 23 years old. That's true. It'll be the day after That's my true. birthday. Wow. 23. You're Nothing could happen when you're 23. It's your Jordan year. Thing. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Basketball. All right. <laughs> Have a great week. Yeah, love you.